look at the love of God and the love of Christ. We're in a series out of 1 Corinthians uh, on uh, love, uh, but on Family Sunday we always have communion. We have the bread and we have the juice together. And so this morning we want to just take a few moments. When we're thinking about this series on the, the love uh, of Christ, the love of God, but also the love that we're supposed to have one for another. And Jesus sets that great example. And so um, in 1 John chapter 4, we read this passage last week, kind of right at the end. And I want to pick up where we left off last week. But I want you to notice these words as we kind of prepare our hearts for communion together this morning. It says this in 1 John 4, 8 through 16. Whoever does not love does not know God. Why? Because God, can you say it with me? God is what? God is love. Yes. God is love. And this is how God showed his love or demonstrated. God showed his love among us. How did he do that? He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us, okay, and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, aren't you thankful that God so loved us? That word so, literally, it's a small word, but it literally means it's There's no word for it. It's indescribable. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, his only begotten son. It says he's, John says here, he so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. And this is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. We have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. And if anyone, oh, I love this. Are you with me? If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know, listen to these words, and so we know and we we rely on the love God has for us. Once again, what does John say? God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. Let me emphasize something this morning. In a few moments, we're going to have a time where we remember what Christ has done for us, but... I want us to be reminded of the love that God has for us, that he so loved us and that he so loved us that he demonstrated that love. He showed that love. He proved that love. He just didn't say it, but he demonstrated it by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins, to take our place. The Bible says he is the savior of the world. It's Jesus who saves. Amen. It's not the church. The church cannot save anyone. Okay. Listen to me. A pastor, a a priest, 
A bishop, an elder, a prophet cannot save anyone. There's only one who can save, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ, the atoning sacrifice, the one who, was, who once and died for all. Amen? And so we are here today to, to celebrate the fact that Jesus Christ is alive, that he is risen. He, he came, he lived a perfect life, and he took our place and he died on the cross for our sins. But understand this, he resurrected and he is alive and well and he is seated at the right hand of our Heavenly Father. But what I want you to understand is this, is we rely, John says we rely on the love of God. Now that may seem small to you, but please understand this, it's important because what John doesn't say is that it, it, it depends upon our love for God. In fact, the Bible says we love God. Why? Because he did what? He first loved us. Now, please understand this. And this is what's so beautiful about salvation, so beautiful about what Jesus Christ did for us, is he demonstrated his love. And God loves us so much that here, here's the thing is that it doesn't depend on my love for God to get me in. Because we're not relying on our love to get us into heaven. We're relying on His love for us to get us into heaven. Because you want to know something? There are times our love fails. Are you with me? Correct? Aren't you thankful that it's God holding on to you and you not having to hang on to God in order to get in? We don't have very good grip, okay? Because there's times we get distracted. There's times that our love for God is not what it ought to be. Would you agree? Would you say, I, that's a true statement? Pastor Joe, that's his true statement. I'm confessing it. There's a time, if, if it depended on my love for God, there's days it would be like, it's a good thing it wasn't that day that I went, you know. It is God holding on to us. In the book of John, John says it like this. He says that God loved us. And Jesus said this, that God loved us. And he says that, that in the essence, he literally says that, he says that he puts us in the hand of Christ. Jesus said, I know my sheep and they follow me. And he says, when they follow me, he says, and I, I put them in my hand. And he says, and I hold them in my hand. You see, it's Jesus holding on to us, not us having to hold on to him. But then he even goes farther than that. And he says, he says but my father who, who loves us and loves me and loves you, he puts his hand around the hand of Christ. It is God that is holding on to us. Can I just emphasize something? There is nothing you and I could ever do that would merit for us to have eternal life with God. There's nothing that we can do. The passage, John made it very clear that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. And he says that we needed a Savior, and he says it was his atoning sacrifice. And, and he says that it was that we rely on his love for us. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that God loves us unconditionally. Amen. And so we celebrate this day, that unconditional love. 
One more passage in Luke 22. Jesus is in the upper room. He's with his disciples and he's having his last meal, his last supper. If you were to read that account, Jesus even is willing to wash his disciples' feet. In one of the Gospels, it says this, that Jesus loved them. It says that he loved them to the end. In John, John's Gospel, it says he loved them to the end. And out of love, he desired to have this meal with his disciples. And so Jesus goes to an upper room with his disciples and they're going to break bread. They're going to have the Passover. And notice what Jesus says to his disciples because he knows his time is coming. He says this, and when the hour came, Jesus and his apostles, they reclined at the table. And he said to them, Notice this, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat again until it find fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And after taking the cup, he gave thanks and he said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink it again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it and he gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. As Jesus in the upper room and he's preparing to go to suffer, what does he do? He does something unique and different. They had their normal Passover time, but Jesus also takes the bread and he breaks and he says, this is going to be my body, a demonstration of my body that will be broken for you. In this cup, this is my blood that will be poured out for you. And he says two times, do this in remembrance of me. Do this to remember me. And, and I do believe that It is this, is that God knows our our human nature and that God knows that we as followers of Jesus Christ, that we get busy. That we really do. We get busy. And isn't it interesting that he says, remember me, remember my my body, remember my blood, remember my sacrifice. That here he is, he says, listen, I'm, I'm doing this. And then later the Bible says that we were commanded. The church, this is a command that we do this today. He says the church needs to take time aside to do this. And you know why? Because it's so sad. But can I say this? That we can get so busy in life that we forget what Christ has done for us. We can get so busy in church life Hey, church, can I say this? We can get so busy in church life that we actually get so busy with everything else that we forget who we're here for. Are you with me this morning? And why we're here. There can be, churches can be so filled with programs and so filled with so many things and fill their calendar. And you know what? We can get so busy that sometimes we just forget to stop for a moment and to remember what Christ has done for us, why we're here. We are here for him. Amen. We're here to remember what he has done for us, and we are commanded to take this time aside. And so this is what I want you to do right now for just a moment. I want you 
to just take a deep breath. Okay, you ready? Everyone do it with me. Ready? Deep breath. All right. And pause for a moment. I want you to forget about the Super Bowl. You're like, you just reminded me, Pastor Joe. Forget about, listen to me, forget about all the stresses and anxieties. Forget about everything else for a few moments. And what I want you to do is will you do me a favor? Will you take and look at this bread just for a moment? Take it out and just look at it. Remember the body of Christ. Remember all that Christ went through on the cross. The beating that he took. The Bible says that they spit upon him and they beat him. The Bible says that they ripped his beard off of his face. Isaiah the prophet said his body was so badly beaten that he didn't even look human. I'm reminded as Jesus, after taking that severe beating as he's hanging on the cross, he says, Father, forgive them. Forgive them. For they know not what they're doing. Can I remind you of something as you look at this bread and you remember the body of Christ that every sin that we've ever committed, that you have committed, that I have committed, every thought, every deed, the shameful things that we would want no one else to think about was placed upon him. I'm reminded of that body of Christ as he prayed in the garden and the weight of sin was placed upon him. The Bible says that even through his pores, blood began to flow. Because he loved us. Would you take a moment and look at that bread and in silent prayer, pray with me, a prayer of thanksgiving. As Jesus did in the upper room, it says that he took the bread and he broke it and he gave thanks. Father, we thank you for your love for us. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your body that was so badly beaten and bruised. Thank you for loving us unconditionally. Thank you for being willing to give of your body to be the ultimate sacrifice for us. And so we we thank you, we give thanks. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you eat with me this morning? Would you take just a few moments and look at the juice, picture of the blood of Christ?
the precious blood of Jesus Christ. The Bible says it was God's own blood. It's hard for us to comprehend this, but Jesus was called Emmanuel, what? God with us. That God himself bled for us. He shed his blood for us. The precious blood of Jesus Christ. Isaiah says that he was whipped. That it pleased God to bruise his son for us. The Bible says that by his stripes we are healed. Would you look at the juice? Just silently where you are, give a prayer of thanksgiving for what Christ has done for us. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your blood, your precious blood that you shed for us. We know that the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And so we thank you for taking our place. We thank you for willingly going to the cross and shedding your blood upon the cross for our sins. And so we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you drink with me? Let me remind you of one of the statements Jesus made on the cross. As Jesus was hanging on the cross, he, he cried out, to Tetelestai, Tetelestai, which literally means paid in it's an interesting term. It was a kind of a Aramaic or Greek word, a Greek word that they would use when someone had a bill. And if someone had a bill and a debt, a person could come and pay that debt or forgive that debt, and then they would write, when the debt was taken care of, they would write on it to Telestai, or they would write the term paid in full, and they would literally nail it to the person's door. To let everyone know that their debt has been paid for. And as Jesus hung upon the cross, I love this, Jesus cried out, it's paid in full. Jesus Christ paid the sin debt for all mankind. He paid for my sin and your sin, and he paid it off thoroughly, completely. Amen? He paid it off. Paid in full. Believers, followers in Jesus Christ, can I say this as we close and as we stand and we're getting ready to sing this song that Jesus paid it all. Can I say this? Jesus just didn't pay the down payment for salvation, for eternal life. And we have to try to keep up that payment by going to church, 
by doing good deeds, by praying and by tithing. I mean, you can tithe, though. Please do. Amen. (laughs) You know, and giving to the church. You can do that. But can I say this? You know, a lot of people have this idea that I have to do all of these things to have eternal life. Can I tell you something? Jesus already did everything that needs to be done for us to have eternal life. Amen? It was paid in full. And we don't have to try to keep up the payments. Now, I will say this. Out of gratitude and appreciation and out of a thankful heart, we do these things. Amen? Because we, we realize all that Christ has done for us. Jesus paid it all. He, he, he took my place. And because he took my place... And because God loves me, I love him. Amen? And so, because God loved us, we love him. Because Christ loved us and was willing to die for us, then so too we should be willing to live for him. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Would you stand together with me? We have a word of prayer and then we're going to sing. And I want you to sing with me this one last song. Jesus paid it all. Think about the words to this before we head out. But let's pray. Lord, we love you.